It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This bizarre video from Japan shows a group of friends celebrating, but something is wrong. The group soon notices a strange and very eerie looking woman. When they turn away, she looks in their direction. Real or fake, this video is a horrifying living ghost story. You're watching Darkness Prevails, the best place to share your creepy stories with the world, because this world is a strange one. Asian cultures are vast and ancient, full of folklore from the lighthearted to downright horrific. Today, I'll be sharing with you allegedly true ghost stories from Asia, because apparently, that's where some of the creepiest urban legends and ghost stories come from. Enjoy. Number one, Hiroshima Ghost Story, submitted by Shogun J. Two years ago, I took a gap year to travel abroad and was unsure where I wanted to visit. I've always been a student of history and Japanese history has long been a passion of mine. My mom's side is fourth generation Japanese and many of my friends in San Francisco, where I grew up, were Japanese, so it's close to my heart. I decided to spend six months abroad in Japan, researching very different periods of Japanese history in three different cities. My first two months were in Kyoto, the next two in Himeji, and the final two in Hiroshima. My first four months in Japan were incredible, and I immersed myself in Tokugawa Shogunate-era history, visiting the Himeji Castle and poring over treasure troves of old documents in preparation for my college history studies at UCLA. But my last two months in Hiroshima, that's when I saw something I still cannot explain. I arrived at Hiroshima by bullet train in late July and arranged my stay on the Couchsurfing app with a local university student who, for the sake of anonymity, I'll call Hideki. Hideki took me back to his place and I practiced my Japanese with him. We sat on his balcony sharing a vape, talking about girls and university and our shared love of history when I carefully asked him a question that I'd been quietly dreading to pose. Uh, Hideki, did your family lose anyone in the war, that is. Hideki paused, staring back at me and pondering how to answer. He took a stuttering drag on the vape, blowing out vapor that masked his face in a swirling cloud of gray. Almost all of them, he said. 
my grandmother and grandfather were the only survivors of their families when the bomb fell. The vapor cleared, and I saw a tear disappear down his cheek. What about you? He asked, voice surprisingly steady. I told him my great-granddad on my mom's side fought with the Japanese and passed away on Saipan, and my great-great-granddad fought with the Americans in World War I, and we cautiously discussed our family's military exploits. It's much more sensitive in Japan than it is back home to talk about this, and it was a big show of trust for Hideki to tell me this. After a while, I told him I'd go to bed, as it had been a long day. But as I sat up, Hideki asked me, do they ever visit you? I paused, frowning. What do you mean? Your grandparents, do they ever come to you? I stayed motionless. No, I said, feeling a bit weirded out. What was he driving at? Well, they visit me, he said solemnly, taking a draw on the vape and staring at the passing lights of the city, especially this time of year. There was nothing I could say to that that wouldn't be disrespectful. Was Hideki telling me that he was being visited by ghosts? Japanese was my second language after all, so maybe I was misunderstanding him. I shook my head and went to bed. Fast forward a few days, and the annual ceremony to commemorate the victims of the August 6th bomb were out on the streets in the evening. Hideki and I were going to celebrate it together, and we were walking along an old street down to the river, where lanterns are set adrift to commemorate the 70,000 people who passed here. As we were moseying along in silence, I looked down a side street and froze. At the end of the street were a pair of figures. They were dancing. They were waltzing together as if there were old-fashioned music playing in the background that I could not hear. Until a few moments passed by, I could almost hear it then, an American tune that had to have been imported, maybe from the 1940s. But what would this music be doing here and at this sort of ceremony? I was only dimly aware of this, however, as the figures seemed to be waltzing, zigzagging in my direction. As they came closer, I felt a hypnotic sense of horror as I realized these two figures weren't covered in shadows. Their skin seemed to be charcoal and burnt. They were moving, seething masses of charcoal. Their blackened bodies jerked awkwardly as they danced together. All discernible features other than their outlines were scorched to ash. I opened my mouth to scream for Hideki, and the figures vaporized, turning to a harsh, fast-moving cloud of ash, as if blown away by a terrifying wind that exploded towards me, blowing me right onto my rear. This time I screamed as the dark ash cloud passed right by me, filling my senses with ash and a foul smell of burning flesh. When Hideki came running to the sound of my screams, he found me curled in a fetal position, sobbing, lying right next to a pair of Hiroshima shadows, permanent burn marks where people were literally vaporized in the burning bright blast of the Hiroshima bomb. To this day, I have no logical explanation for anything I saw that night, other than what Hideki told me afterwards. Now, he said, you've been visited too, haven't you?
Number two, Himalayan Apparition, submitted by Sarah H. About two summers back, I voyaged to a few countries on a backpacking trip, my last stop being India. I'm sure you can imagine the raw beauty of India, but also the darkness, as it is a poverty-stricken country. About a week into my stay, my friends and I took a bus from New Delhi to Manali in the Himalayas. I should preface this by saying that I tend to be more skeptical when it comes to all things paranormal. I was born and raised Messianic Jewish and was here on a missions trip, though this doesn't make me any less of a fan of horror stories. Arriving in Manali, I absolutely loved it. It was mountainous, the locals were friendly, and the backpacking community there was awesome. I threw myself right into the environment. My friend and I shared a room that night at a hostel right at the end of Old Manali. On about the second or third night there, I decided it was time to shower before turning in for the night. In India, the shower is not separated from the rest of the room, not like it is back home in America. It was just a water spout on the wall, which meant I could see directly into the mirror above the sink in front of me when I would shower, which understandably freaked me out a bit. As I was finishing up my shower, I turned off the water and reached for my towel before looking in the mirror. Looking up, it took me a few moments to really process what I was staring at. There behind me in the mirror was a tall, freakishly pale humanoid thing with long black hair hunched over walking around. I froze. I threw on my towel and noped the heck out of there, searching for my friend. After finding them, I breathlessly explained what had happened to me. Terrified, I was unsure of how someone could possibly get into the bathroom, as the window in there is barely big enough for me to fit my head through, and there was no way someone could get in without my friend seeing them first. We both inched to the bathroom, only to find it empty. My friend seemed like she wasn't really surprised by the matter, while I, on the other hand, was freaking out. She explained to me I probably saw a Rakshasa, or female Rakshashi, which is a demon in Hindu mythology. What I saw pretty much fit most of what Rakshasa or Rakshasi are described as in folklore. For the rest of the trip, I absolutely despised showering in that hostel. I'm glad we only stayed in that part of the Himalayas for only a few more days. Rakshashi, let's never meet again. Number three, The Fallen Japanese Soldiers in the Woods, submitted by Sean Sean1996. My family is originally from Taiwan. Taiwan was occupied by Japan from 1895 to 1945, Thus, older generations such as my grandparents and great-grandparents still speak fluent Japanese. When the Japanese first took over, many people joined militias and fought back. The war against the resistance lasted a few years, and both sides suffered heavy casualties. Due to the chaotic situation, many people were buried randomly throughout the entire island. 
To this day, there are still people being accidentally dug up. In Asian cultures, we believe in spiritual entities such as deities, jinn, ghosts, and demons. A mortal can choose to pray or worship any spiritual entity, regardless of whether it's good or evil. The general rule of thumb is that a mortal should respect the existence of any spirit. Like my grandma always said, if we don't disturb them, they won't disturb us. We also believe if a spiritual entity wants your attention, it would come into your dream and tell you what's happening. My parents are both MBAs from WSU. Needless to say, they choose science over the paranormal. It wasn't until this incident in the early 2000s that forever changed their perspectives. My mom grew up on a farm in Yongminshan, a very famous national park in Taipei. My grandparents' farm is located by a major highway, yet most of the farm itself is surrounded by dense forest. When I was three years old, my grandma had a tenant named Chen. Chen was a college student majoring in sculpture at the Chinese Culture University. One day he was wandering in the surrounding woods when he came across a small abandoned shrine with many fist-sized rocks stacked on the roof. In our culture, a typical shrine usually has a carved description of what's being worshipped there. Yet this shrine looked sketchy and it had no description at all. He randomly took one of the rocks from the rooftop, then went home to sculpt it for his assignment. Two semesters later, Chin traveled to England to study abroad, yet somehow he had really bad luck in day-to-day -day life. One day, a soldier appeared in Chin's grandfather's dream. The soldier somehow spoke Japanese. He told Chin's grandfather that someone in his family had stolen from him. The entire platoon was very angry. Chin's grandfather woke up in the morning and immediately contacted Chin and told him to come back to Taiwan right away. When Chin first learned about his grandfather's dream, he finally realized why he had such bad luck for months. He revisited the shrine with many offerings. He apologized for his rude behavior and prayer and asked if they wanted to be compensated. He would later spend some money fixing up the shrine himself and offered many more offerings in the future. Soon, everything went back to normal. My family is still in touch with Chin. He is now a professor in a college at Yilan County. I still visit my grandparents every year, but they wouldn't tell me where their shrine is every time I bring up the topic. Somehow, I still want to find the shrine myself, but my parents always tell me not to look for it. I recently learned that there were many battles that took place in the area when the Japanese army first entered Taipei in 1895. It really gives a better explanation of the origin of those fallen soldiers and why the soldiers spoke Japanese when they visited Chen's grandfather. Remember, always be respectful of those who have passed on. Number four, Okinawa Ghost. Submitted by Anonymous. This happened back when I was around 10 years old. I'm from a military family, and at the time we were stationed in Okinawa. My family was living on Kadena Air Force Base. 
One thing you should know about the housing on military bases in Okinawa is that it is very old. There are some new houses there now, but the house that I lived in was probably built around World War II. My family was very religious, but I never believed in ghosts. I'm still not sure exactly what it was that I saw, but here is my story. As I said, I was about 10. Our house was very old, and we had to call the base housing maintenance about once a week to fix something. Our AC system would always leak, and we had to get a dehumidifier because it would get so moist that black mold would grow on our walls. My dad would wake up early for work. He would wake me up with him most of the time, just before he left, so I could get a head start on some schoolwork. I was homeschooled, so I would usually just grab something to eat from the kitchen and eat it while I did my school. This was my plan for this morning as well. I said goodbye to my dad and got my school books out. Then I walked into the kitchen. The light was off in the kitchen, but it was on in the room behind me. I guess that's why I was able to see her. Standing by one of the kitchen counters, about four and a half feet away from me, there was a woman. I only saw her for about a second, but I know she was there. She was very short, no taller than I was, and again, I was only 10. Her head was down, and her long black hair covered her face. It's kind of hard to describe what she was wearing. Everything on her except her face and hands was black like a shadow. Her hair appeared to be wet, and the little skin I could see was unusually pale. I was very confused. At first, I thought maybe she worked for base housing. After all, she was standing very close to our laundry room, which is where most of our problems with the house happened. They don't always knock, so I didn't really think much of it. It was still strange to me, though, that she was by herself at six in the morning, wet and in what looked to be a black nightgown. I knew we hadn't called anyone to fix anything, so I began to wonder if maybe the neighbors had called her and she just got lost. She could have easily walked in through the side door that led into our laundry room and into the kitchen. There wasn't even a door separating the two rooms. Without turning around, I reached behind me to flip on the light switch. As I moved, her face began to tilt up as if just noticing I was there. I flipped the light switch on, and a second later, she disappeared. But in the time she was there, I had seen her face as she looked up at me, or rather, I hadn't seen a face, because she didn't have one. Where her face should have been, there was pale skin, no eyes, no nose, no mouth, not even empty eye sockets. I was horrified. I took a few nervous steps backwards out of the room, out of frightened curiosity, I guess. I reached tentatively back into the room and turned the lights back off. Luckily, she didn't reappear. After that, I was very nervous about going into our kitchen at all, especially when it was dark. I never saw her again, and no one in my family ever told me that they saw her as well. I didn't say anything about it to anyone for a very long time, but when I did tell my mother, she gave me a surprising response. Apparently, our house was built before Kadena became an American base. It used to be a Japanese base, 
and during World War II, the Japanese told the Okinawan people that if the Americans made it to the island, the soldiers would put their children to death. When the Americans did make it to Okinawa, Okinawan teachers took their students to some very high cliffs at the top of the island, and they pushed them off. They then jumped off themselves. I myself have heard this story before. I've even seen the cliffs where it took place, and it was very haunting. Apparently, people outside of our family, but in the same town, have seen this woman before. Many people who have lived on Cadena have told stories of seeing a woman in their house. She is mostly seen in or near people's laundry rooms as well. I would be very interested to see if people have seen things similar to the woman I saw, whoever she may have been. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too, in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Number 5. Ghost in Korea. Submitted by Chloe. I'm 20 years old, and I'm from America. I just recently got engaged to my boyfriend that I've been dating for a few years now. Everything is going well, and at that we rarely argue. To me, he is literally the definition of perfect. My fiance is a Korean American, and we'll call him Lee Min. We both have grown up in America, but he has a lot of family back in South Korea. Obviously, since we got engaged, we had to go visit his extended family in South Korea for them to finally meet me and talk about the wedding. I love Korean culture too. The food, music, fashion. I was more than thrilled about going on this trip. When we got there, Everyone was very nice to me and I had a blast 
eating Korean barbecue with them, singing karaoke, etc. It's when we got to his grandparents' place when it all started. He told me very early in our relationship that he always hated staying at their house. It was a traditional yet beautiful house, but that wasn't the problem. He told me that he had nightmares there. He would have episodes of sleep paralysis only when he was in that house. He would hear whispers in old South Korean dialect. He had bad memories of this place, and the list of his experiences there went on. I always comforted him at those times when he thought about it and cried. It was a lot for a young kid to handle at the time. I didn't think too much of it after that, since I personally have never had an experience with the unexplained myself. When we set our bags down in the guest room, the room he was in as a child, I saw his face turn pale. Again, I assured him that it was going to be all right, and he began to relax a little bit. It was finally time to get some rest. Lee Min got under the covers of the bed. I turned the lights off and joined him. I remember the room like I was there yesterday. The door was a sliding door made of paper. There was only a closet, a nightstand, and a bed, and nothing else. The thing that freaked me out about the room was the far corner next to the closet. It was the darkest part of the room, and when you look at it long enough, it looked like something was moving in it. We tried to get some rest, and I felt relieved a few moments after when I realized Lee Min had fallen asleep. I thought maybe those were just childhood fears of his, fears he didn't know until now he had outgrown. But uh, I was wrong. Right when I shut my eyes to drift off into dreamland, my sleep was interrupted by a soft whisper. I kept my eyes closed, thinking it could just be his grandparents who were still awake and whispering so that they wouldn't wake us up. My eyes felt heavy though, and I felt as if my eyes were glued together and just wouldn't open. That was because I felt an intense presence in front of my face, and by intense, it's like a face was right in front of mine, and it scared me so bad that I pretended to be asleep. The feeling was overwhelming. I found it hard to breathe. I felt like at any moment, I would open my eyes and see two other eyes staring daggers at me. I pulled the blanket over my head. I was too tired and confused to think properly. I just needed to go to sleep and get some rest from all the touring I did that day in Seoul. But no, I kept feeling it, like someone was standing over me, watching me sleep. But I couldn't look up. I couldn't look at all. I was petrified. I was too afraid that something out of that corner, or whatever else, was staring down at me. I began to nudge Lee Min with my elbow. I didn't want to wake him up, but I was too scared to be alone. Then, I heard another whisper. I thought it was him, so I turned my face to hear him, still not opening my eyes. What did you say? I asked quietly. Another whisper. I couldn't make out what the whispers were. It definitely wasn't modern Korean, which I have studied in school. It was words I couldn't understand. I knew Lee Min didn't know traditional dialect even more than I did. I slowly peeled my eyes open and looked at my fiancé, 
but what I saw made my body run cold. Lee Min was sweating, his body shaking, and his face was pale. I could tell that his muscles were clenching up tightly. It looked as if something unseen was grabbing him and trying to suck the life out of him, and it infuriated and frightened me. Whatever this was, it was hurting him, and I had to spring into action. I didn't want to scare him or cause him to get any worse by making any sudden movement, so I carefully placed my arms around him. I ran my fingers through his hair, soothingly, to calm him down. Through all of this, my own body was shaking, and I still felt that presence behind me. I didn't dare to turn around to see if I could see it. After whimpering and shaking violently, he finally calmed down a little bit, and his breathing became slower. I let out a breath in relief and softly called out his name to see if he was awake. I could only assume this room was giving him nightmares like it used to. He slowly opened his eyes and they shot over towards me. He gasped in horror, still scared from the dream. He then placed his hand on his heart and controlled his breathing. Then he hugged me, telling me how horrible the dream was and that I had been in it. He was telling me how a ghost got me and was trying to kill me. To this day, his dream has shaken me. It made me wonder if the ghost in his dream was the figure I felt above me and in front of my face. After all of this, we decided to leave and sleep in the living room where there was no paranormal action happening. Somehow, it only happened in his old room, never any other room in the house, Lee Min felt bad about being disrespectful to his grandparents, who had let us stay in that room, but they never thought it was haunted and never felt anything while in there. So, till this day, it's still a mystery. That was only a month ago, and our wedding is in a week. There's no way we'll visit that room to spend the night after the wedding. I'm scared to even think about that, and I know now that it wasn't a silly childhood memory or delusion. It was very real. All in all, South Korea is a beautiful, kind, and amazing place. You would love it. But please, make sure you don't stay in a haunted room. Number 6. My Haunted Doll Submitted by Kai I live in a small town in Ohio. I live with my mom and my dad, and I've always been very attracted to creepy things. I would buy creepy dolls and other stuff like that. I just loved everything scary. Plus, it's always fascinated to me, the thought of an afterlife, and whether or not spirits could communicate with us. But this is a story that I never want to relive. It almost restrains me from buying any more dolls, so, I always like to go to Goodwill to see if I can get my hands on some creepy things. We got in the car one day and headed out. When we got there, I said goodbye to my family and headed to the toy section. I usually check out the toys and then make my way to look at the dolls behind the counter. When I entered the toy aisle, I was only met with Barbies and stuffed animals. I began to dig deeper and found an old porcelain doll that I kept a hold of. 
I kept digging around and stumbled upon a different doll. I seemed almost magnetized to it, like I wouldn't be able to put it down after I picked it up. It was a small doll, not too large. It was made of straw, nothing I've ever seen before. It had a red ribbon around the hat and around the waist. She was carrying a basket also. When I saw her, I knew I had to have her, so I purchased her. When I got home, I was so curious and excited, I immediately did some research on her. I found several results and they all told me the same thing. It was a handmade doll from Korea. It was very cool, but for some reason, I couldn't bring myself to put her in my room. She just put me off, so I left her in the living room on a table. The first night was terrifying. I laid in bed with my dogs. Keep in mind, they were both on the bed with me, and my other was sleeping in her cage. I was beginning to drift off when I woke up to the sound around midnight. I couldn't go back to sleep after that. I laid in bed, just thinking and occasionally looking at the TV. Then, out of nowhere, I heard this noise. It was so creepy. I still remember it clearly. A low, raspy chuckle coming from under my bed. Could you imagine how horrified you'd be to hear that? I remember staring at my ceiling, wide-eyed. Somehow, though, after a few quiet hours, I convinced myself to go back to sleep. The next night, I had this awful feeling of dread mixed with anxiety, but nothing happened. And on the fourth night, it was even worse. I woke up to complete and total darkness. My TV was off, alarm clock off, everything off. I have an irrational fear of the dark and always left a few things on throughout the night. I was about to get up when the dogs were awoken from their slumber and instantly started barking. I got up and ran to my living room, not sleeping for another moment. The next night, I was so scared that I slept in my parents' floor clutching onto one of the dogs. Then, like a light switch, everything just stopped. I stopped feeling dread and anxiety. I stopped hearing strange things. I went to my mother as she knew what had been happening. I told her that it felt over, and I asked her what happened to the doll. From the beginning, I felt that the whole situation was coming from that doll, because it all began when I got her. She replied, it was giving me weird vibes, so I threw it away last night. I was shocked knowing that this all came from that Korean doll from Goodwill. Number seven. The ghost that had a crush on me. Submitted by Moe. I grew up in the Philippines and ever since the accident, where I fell from the second story of my grandma's house, I've been experiencing and seeing strange things. Around the age of nine, I saw my brother's doppelganger, as well as some of the spirits that inhabited the local area. But the story I'm sharing with you now is one of the most unforgettable ones I had. It was around my first year of college in 2008, I had just moved in with my dad as I was living with my aunt before 
and she was supporting me during my high school studies. The apartment that I moved into with my dad was a two-story place and very spacious. My dad, my sister, my uncle, and my aunt, along with her two kids and myself, all occupied the apartment. The place had two bedrooms on the second story and a long corridor. My aunts and her kids shared one bedroom, and me and my sister had the other. Our room is the closest to the stairs. My dad and uncle slept on the first floor living room, but mostly my dad was not there at night because he worked the night shift. When I moved in, I was fully aware that we had an extra tenant with us, one that couldn't depart from this world. I had heard a lot of stories from my dad and his siblings, like the sudden flushing of the toilet in the middle of the night, or sounds like someone is having a coffee in the middle of the night, but when they go and check, no one was up or awake. I don't really mind those kinds of things. I think I've become used to it. Most of the houses I've lived in have something or someone in them. In my previous place, I would wake up from my bed feeling like something was sitting on the bed, or sometimes I'd see a girl standing in the living room motionless. They were creepy at first, these sightings, but they became frequent. The spirits never really tried to harm me, so back to my new house. It was late at night, and I suddenly woke up to a loud pair of footsteps just outside our room. My sister was fast asleep at the time, so I was pretty much alone in this. I began sweating like a cold sweat, realizing that this was the spirit they were talking about. I began to whisper, please don't open our door. And the next thing I remember, I was awake in the morning. I was certain, though, that what I experienced that night wasn't a dream. I asked my sister about it, and she said she hadn't heard anything last night. I told my aunt and uncle, and they just laughed, and said that the ghost might have a crush on you. I smirked at them. And life went on. I nearly forgot about what happened, but the haunting was just starting. Eventually, it got scarier. When my five-year-old cousin asked me one day when I got back from school, Big Sis, who's that guy that's always with you? I froze, staring at him. Oh, what guy? I asked. He pointed behind me and said, Him, he's always following you. Chills ran up my spine. I smiled without turning around and just said, You're just seeing things. There's no one with me. Then nervously, I walked away. Deep inside, I was scared. What could he possibly be seeing? Around January, when we would be celebrating with fireworks, something else happened. It was around 7 p.m., and it was already dark outside. One of our neighbors was beginning to light up some fireworks. I couldn't see it from the first floor window, so I asked my five-year-old cousin to come with me upstairs he said no because he was playing. My aunt was also downstairs with my cousin and sister. My uncle was still at work, same as my dad. So anxiously, I went upstairs alone. The second story was dark. All the lights were off. And due to my excitement for the firework display, I ended up forgetting my anxiety, and I didn't even bother to turn on any lights. I positioned myself near the window where my uncle kept one of his dumbbells he used to work with. I was too short to see, plus there is a branch blocking my view, 
so I decided to step on the bar of the dumbbell when suddenly I felt these heavy hands on my shoulders. I could very clearly feel the weight of someone's hands like they were telling me to get down from there, that it wasn't safe. Covered in chills again, I quickly stepped down and I turned around so fast only to see that no one was there. Right away, I ran back downstairs. Later that week, I tried to do some research. Some people believe that you can catch certain things on camera where your eyes can't. I randomly started taking videos of the house, especially in areas where I thought I felt that spirit, but I didn't seem to capture anything. That was the last I could remember of that ghost that possibly had a crush on me. Things appeared to die down after that. But later on, I found out something terrifying. The house we had been living in used to be a place where someone dumped bodies. Back in 2009, we moved out of the place, not because of the ghost or anything, but because of some family issues. I'd love to go back, to be honest, and see that that soul is set free. I feel like I took for granted my old roommate who wasn't really there. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Number 8. The Faceless. Submitted by Alvin Rinder. This is my mom's story. This took place in Hong Kong. She was in first grade at the time and she had a cold. Here's the thing, back then my grandma's house was surrounded by woods, and back then, they had very few neighbors. Even though they're very close from another house, it's just very few people out there. That day, my mom took off of school because of her cold. She was sleeping in my grandma's bedroom. She eventually woke up finding herself feeling thirsty. She tried to go to the kitchen, but she was unable to get up. She saw my uncle outside the window talking with his friend. She tried to call him in, but he couldn't hear her from there. So despite feeling bad, my mom forced herself up to get to the kitchen. At the time, besides her, the house was empty. She was walking to the kitchen. In that house, they had those old-style light bulbs that gave off a very dull orange light. After my mom got her drink, she turned around to see this thing. It was lying down on the wooden bench with its hand covering its face. The whole body of the thing was dark gray, but not entirely black, and it must have been as tall as an adult. My mom was petrified, frozen to the spot staring at this thing. She was ready to scream at any moment or cry, but she couldn't. Then the thing suddenly showed its face to my mother, removing its hand from its resting place. And there she saw that the figure had no face. There was nothing there, no mouth, eyes, or anything. 
just flat, dark gray skin. The creature or spirit then did some sort of peekaboo kind of thing with its hand, the way you do with a baby, putting its hand over its empty face, then removing it slowly over and over. Somehow, my mom found the power to just run as fast as she could out of the house, but after she ran past the kitchen door, she didn't know why, but she turned around, only to see the thing again at the doorframe playing peekaboo with her. The thing was no longer standing. Instead, it was somehow floating. My mom was trembling. She screamed so loudly that the entire neighborhood in that area ran to my grandma's house to see what was happening. My grandmother arrived around that time, and she heard the screaming as well and panicked to go see her daughter. She found her, pale white, shaking, and she had soiled her pants. When my grandma asked what had happened and hugged her, my mom simply passed out. My mom's cold got worse for a while, and it took her a month to recover from it. But for as long as she was sick with that cold, she wouldn't open her eyes, because every time she did, she said she saw that thing standing there in the corner, still playing peekaboo. It was like, instead of a normal cold, she had contracted something spiritual, and she began to see something that normal people couldn't. Number 9. The Girl from the Closet Submitted by Earthcake A few years ago, when my younger cousin Carlo and I were playing around at my house in the Philippines, we were playing in my mom's bigger bed on the double deck. There was a cabinet right next to my mom's bed, but her room was small, so the cabinet was always blocked, and ropes tied it up at the knobs. My cousin and I accidentally hit the cabinet, and part of it broke off. We tried to fix it, but we just put it where it belonged after failing miserably. One of our cousins named Tintin, who was also in the room doing her studies, told us that a girl had passed away in that cabinet a long time ago, and no one truly ever figured out what happened to her. Carlo and I froze. I looked at him with a frightened face. We went to Carlo's house, which was located just behind ours. We told my aunt, who was Carlo's mom, about what had happened, and she told us that we should always behave and be good, so that nothing bad would ever happen. She was referring to spirits and how we should respect them. Me and Carlo never talked about that ever since. But a couple of years ago, when my cousin Tin Tin and her family moved out, when my sister was at a sleepover at her friend Jeremy's place, I was left alone with my grandma. She sleeps downstairs and I upstairs. That night, I was playing a game called Armies of Magic on Facebook. I kept on playing until I realized it was midnight. I didn't want to be scolded for staying up too late, so I turned the computer off and the lights too. I slept on my mom's bed for the night. I was sleeping sideways, facing away from the cabinet, when I suddenly felt a weird presence of some sort, and the hairs on the back of my neck stood on end. I closed my eyes, then felt the weight of the bed shift, as if someone had sat down on it. I opened my eyes slowly. I saw a girl, facing away from me, sitting on the bed. 
From what I could see, I didn't recognize her, but only moments later, she vanished. I was frightened, and my heart was pounding, yet I still managed to get some sleep a couple of hours later. I didn't tell anyone about this experience except for my classmates. They looked concerned when I told them, but some of them tried to make a logical explanation about it, but none of them fit in with what really happened. A couple of years afterwards, things got weirder. Whenever no one is upstairs, there are always sounds of someone walking around. Sometimes, when it's sunny, there would always be a shadow of someone. Sometimes, there would be walking sounds on the roof. Sometimes, I could hear tapping, whispering, walking, singing, or knocking sounds. After a few months, things got even worse. She began showing herself. She looks related to me, if that makes sense, as if she was in our family but she was pale, and her eyes were so baggy. She wore a white robe at all times. One night, after I turned off the living room lights, I saw her running towards me, holding up a knife. I screamed, but she faded away immediately. I hope things don't get worse. I don't think there's any room for it to get worse, unless she actually manages to hurt me somehow. Well, wish me luck, I guess. And number 10, Mystery Flight Officer, submitted by Yuki236. This is a story I read about two years ago now, but fits in just perfectly here. Enjoy. I work at an airport in Singapore as a maintenance technician. As such, late night shifts are usually part of my job. We use the maintenance levels, parts the public won't see or have access to, which link the three terminals together. It was on a late night that I happened to come across a pilot, a third or second officer by the looks of her rank, hanging around the lift leading to the maintenance level. It's kind of odd since flight crews don't have access to that level, not to mention it was one in the morning. Naturally, I asked if I could be of assistance. She mentioned she needed to get to the next terminal, T1, to reach the flight office of her airline, the Flight Ops Center. And since the monorail was closed for the night, she was wondering if I knew of any shortcuts to reach the first terminal without having to take the shuttle bus that came every hour. So naturally, I told her she could use the maintenance level, but I warned her that it could be a 20 to 30 minute walk. Nonetheless, she agreed. Thinking back, I probably broke a lot of rules or could have been fired. Even still, I swiped my card and we entered the lift that led to the maintenance floor, the basement specifically. While walking through the maintenance level, we talked for a bit. At one point, she mentioned where her next flight would be to and we exchanged more small talk. As we neared the end of the corridor and were nearing the entrance of the next terminal, I swiped my card to open the door but when I turned around to let her in first, my companion that had been with me for nearly a half hour was suddenly gone. We had been the only ones in those tunnels. I repeat, no one else was around. I backtracked that entire tunnel to find her, but again, she was gone. Naturally, I alerted security, but they found no trace of her. What horrified me? was the security footage, which showed that I was alone 
and no one else had been walking with me in the entire night. What was she? A ghost or phantom? To be honest, I'm not sure, but even if it was creepy afterwards, she kept me company that night. Asia is full of so many unique cultures and therefore home to many different mythologies and folklore. It's no surprise that so many people have reported strange paranormal happenings on the Asian continent. It makes me want to get my passport and go on a long, creepy tour. Who knows if I'll make it back. If I don't, maybe I'll end up a ghost in one of these Asian ghost stories. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget, I'm looking for scary stories and encounters from VRChat and Fortnite. If you have stories like those, send them to me at darknessprevails.org submit. If you want to support this channel, here are a few ways. You can support me for free by downloading my app at darknessprevails.org app to get all my content and stories in one place. Or for one buck a month, you can get your name in the credits. Just go to patreon.com slash darknessprevails. But if you want some cool merchandise, go to morbidmonsters.com and check out the cool shirts, mugs, and more. As always, here are my five favorite early comments from my previous full video on 10 real Wendigo sightings. XFreshKate says, time to stay up all night from fear. Heck yeah, that's the second best way to do it. The first best way to do it is to listen to my stories via headphones while actively being eaten alive by a creature. Any creature, actually. Victor Gomez says, I'm writing a research paper on skinwalkers. That sounds awesome. I mean, if I could, I'd get a PhD in monsters, but that would mean going back to college, which means taking classes that make no sense for what you're going for. Oh, you want a bachelor in web design? Well, you're gonna have to pay $20,000 in total after four years of studying poetry. That will never make sense to me. Sorry for the rant. Fireshard2 says, was that a mummy as the photo? Actually, it's a Wendigo, as illustrated by Yaman TV. This is the way a Wendigo should look, a person possessed by a spirit, which causes them to always be starving and hungering for human flesh. But then Joel Kitzmiller says, Dark, that is the rake. Look here, the rake looks like the Wendigo, not the other way around. So maybe the rake is like a subclass of the Wendigo. Man, if there was an RPG about monsters like this, I think I'd play the heck out of it. And Corey Seacal says, Hey Darkness, me and my mom love your channel. We look forward to everything you put out. You're one of the best horror narrators on YouTube. You have such a natural talent. Thank you so much for saying that. You made my entire weekend. But I don't see it as a talent. Anyone can narrate stories. I just happen to be able to afford good equipment. I believe I only have one talent, but I'm not in school anymore, so I don't even use my book smarts. Anyway, thank you all so much for sticking around and listening to my videos. I greatly appreciate every one of you. As such, stay safe out there and stay creepy.